Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. This podcast is about all things outdoor photography, including landscapes, wildlife, macro, and more. The show features two talented photographers, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, who bring their different experiences in photography to the podcast. The show is released weekly every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In today's episode, Henry and Ryan share some recent hiking and photography trips they embarked on. Ryan talks of his three-day solo trip at Hawking Hill State Park in Ohio, and Henry talks about his experiences out in Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee and more in North Carolina. Welcome back to episode 48 of the Outdoors Photography Podcast. Uh, and today we're going to be going over uh, some of our recent trips. Yep, uh, both Henry and I, we, we both uh, pretty recently have embarked on some, like, I guess, like multi-day trips um, for photography, of course. And uh, yeah, so this episode is just going to be like a split topic and we're both going to be um, talking about our experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first of all, we're going to just uh, do a couple updates here. Uh, I just want to briefly announce that um, I have officially released my calendar. Um, You can find it in the link in my bio. Uh, I did all wildlife this year. Uh, So I I picked 12 images uh, plus a cover and a back. Uh, It's kind of a a smaller calendar, uh, kind of a medium size, I would say. Not like a a desk calendar, but not like a a giant wall calendar. So kind of in between. Um, If you'd like to support me and uh, with that, that is in my bio. What made you choose uh, like wildlife in particular? Uh, that's just because I feel like this year was that's what I did predominantly. Like, that's what I spent most of my time on. Uh, like if you portion it out, so I just thought, you know, why not do wildlife this year? So. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been huh. definitely. Um, you said on the record before you've been kind of like, um, not so much moving away from landscapes, but maybe mm-hmm. just focusing definitely a lot more on the wildlife side just you know pretty cool because i definitely have been seeing over the time i've known you like your shots just like improve dramatically so um, thank you thank you yeah i'm looking forward i'll definitely have to snag a copy of it yeah gracias <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it's, it's cool man yeah anything else or uh, uh no like that, sure? that's it for me what about you cool just shameless plugs <laughs> um i mean i guess while i'm thinking of it my calendar's still for sale uh for 2022 um so um i guess i'll put that link in my bio or i think it already is actually um and mine i i focus for mine um this is my second year of doing them but i focus uh, on landscapes um just some wide angle stuff of ohio um scenery um i incorporate some of my more recent images of like some uh, just local architecture and uh just historical buildings that um, interest me and I photograph um, within the past year or two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall that's, that's for sale and I have about $15 and you can order online and it gets printed on demand and uh, sent to you, of course. So, or you can just pick one up at my galleries or festivals, of course, if you're local. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, I mean, I don't have too much else going on. Um, as of the time of this recording, I'm now back on uh, Instagram. Um, I guess <laughs> it felt like it was time to come back. Um, I took like a big enough break, which really wasn't that long. I think it was only like a couple of weeks. I don't even think it was like up to a month really, but it felt like a long time and it was, it was much needed now looking back on that. Um, but you know, still quietly working away and um, producing, you know, more photos and videos to edit and all that stuff. So um, that'll all be rolling out hopefully in the next uh, upcoming weeks. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much it uh, for me, at least with updates. Cool. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys check out his calendar. It's, it's great. I've held one myself and it's uh, looking forward to using it in 2021. So, or 2022. <laughs> what, what am I saying? <laughs> it's weird when you have these like product or agent product, but like these items that we, these things that we create and it's like, like six months or more in advance. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not even, it's, it's amazing to think cause it's going to be here very, very soon. Like it's oh, almost yeah. the end of 2021, which is just crazy to think about. You know, I just mm-hmm. feel like this year's flown by, um, you know, in, in contrast to like last year. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think that's it for updates. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, we're just both going to uh, share our uh, recent trips that we took. Um, so as you probably tell from the title, um, I went to Hawking Hills, um, and then Henry went to North Carolina. Um, so my my trip was um, at the time of this was about a couple weeks ago now. So I had some time to 
uh, really reflect on it. And um, I actually just finished um, the previous night before uh, recording this that we I, I finished editing my photos, all of them. And uh, I actually took about, I think, 317 shots, which I know it sounds bananas because I was like there for three days. Like I've had, I told my photographer friends, like other people, and they're like, you only took how many? Like They just were like so like shocked, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was, I felt like I was being pretty choosy, but not too much, you know? I felt like I was on the, like the run almost, you know, just shooting a little bit of everything in the landscape there at Hawking Hills. But um, yeah, I only took about 300 exposures and most of those, a good majority of them are bracketed. So it's even less like unique images and compositions, you know, it's probably almost half that, honestly. Um, so, um, and then the editing process and, you know, calling, you know, which photos I think I should choose to, you know, focus on and um, just kind of, you know, do some basic adjustments on everything. Um, yeah, it, I chose even less, of course, and then whatever I post online. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed my time overall there. Um, it was really, really cool. Just, it's my first time there. Um, let me just put that out there um, off the get-go. Um, but, yeah, it was just really neat to just, you know, just do this solo trip on my own, um, you know, sleeping in my car, doing it all solo. So I just had, like, all the, the landscape in front of me to, you know, hike and explore. And uh, just, yeah, just, you know, take photographs and just kind of just live the life I kind of want to do more of, you know, just kind of mm -hmm. traveling and being more mobile and just, you know, self-sufficient, I guess, but also just doing what I love, which is, you know, seeing new things and photographing them simply. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I did, I did think the same thing though, when you said 300 shots, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably the sign of a good photographer there. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, like I just... yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of narrowing down and being more choosy with your shots and you know, let's. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but it's more like I just hate the idea of editing in general. And like, I already had like sitting at home on my, on my hard drives, like, lots of just other shots from the, you know, the month or two prior to edit. Um, but now I'm fully caught up with everything, which is, you know, just a weight off my shoulders. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be a lot more selective, I think. Um, and then, um, you know, at no surprise to me and probably anyone else, you know, my focus for this trip was really like the wide angle, you know, the, uh, what I like to call postcard shots. Um, so I basically nailed down uh, all the main caves and caverns there. Um, cliff overhangs, all the waterfalls, of course, that are you know very very popular uh, with tourists and people that visit that area. Um, so I basically, it's funny because I now I'm looking back on my shots. It's literally all with my uh, 16 to 35 f4. Like I did not, I, I don't think I ever switched the lens out just because every, it was such a, uh, it was such a breath of fresh air because uh, you know I usually try to, I find myself gravitating towards more just in general with photography, um, doing more you know intimate landscapes and stuff that's trying to not be so big and expansive in your face because you know i am in ohio of course so you can mm -hmm. do those shots of course but like i don't know i find them more appreciative of like the smaller things that people may overlook you know and that, i've heard that from feedback from people viewing my work you know you know printed and hung on the wall of course too um but i just found myself um you know as, as i was journaling because i did a lot of journaling you know the you know the nights i guess right before i went to bed or whatever each night and i found myself kind of having this like shift uh, temporary shift I'll say of just like focusing on the big grand vistas and doing these big shots wide angles you know capturing all this greenery and rock and uh, these gorges and uh, slump blocks and uh, these big just bombastic waterfalls you know which were actually they're all pretty much flowing really well uh, given that it was like late I don't think it was really it wasn't it was summer it was late September so I mean it was like pretty much fall at that point um, or at least transitioning we'll say um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at the shots now, it's like the majority of them were definitely that bigger kind of grander style, which I, I feel like for the location itself, because it has such a reputation, like that's the definitely what I was kind of going for with this first visit was getting those big shots, kind of mm -hmm. like mailing them down. And then maybe in like future visits, which will definitely be back, you know, I'd imagine um, in doing something that's a little more, you know, maybe abstracty or something that's just something that people may overlook, you know. So, yeah, but I mean, I really enjoyed my time, um, especially and just, you know, looking at the photos now, it just kind of brings all the memories back, which, you know, I think that's a big reason why we both do what we do, of course, too. That Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's cool how you're kind of experimenting with, uh, you know, the, that wider angle, because uh, it's, it's definitely a very different type of photography. Like, you just have to, you have to focus more on, like, what you're focused on and kind of 
what you're including in the frame and just a whole different side of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I just felt like for the, lo like I said, location and landscape in front of me, like everything felt grand and massive. So like this, mm -hmm. this was kind of like in a way like my reaction to it. Um, and maybe, maybe subconsciously I just wasn't quite aware of that like, hey, Ryan, like try switching a lens every now and then because you were just kind of like shooting the same thing, with the same, you know, the wedding zoom lens. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we both can agree. It's like landscapes do become quite a cliche when it's like all done in that kind of wider angle and everything. So mm -hmm. um, maybe that maybe it's something to be more mindful of. But, you know, I just feel like maybe for the time, like this trip in particular, that's kind of like what I was going after. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I just take a few handful of shots. Um, there's one good example. I went to, uh, in particular, Conkles Hollow, and that was on my second day. Um, and that's a state nature preserve. It's not really, I don't want to say it's not affiliated with the, like, Hawking Hill State Park, but it is, like, its own separate nature, uh, state nature preserve uh, within, like, the Hawking region, if that makes sense. Um, but, like, I took some, um, actually, it was the first shot. I, like, it was totally crowded. Like, the parking lot, like, could, you know, hold, I think, like, hundreds of cars, honestly. Like, it's a big parking lot for there. And, like, I started, you know, crossing along this, like, bridge along this creek and everything. And it was, like, midday, like, 2, 3 p.m. light. So I was coming, I was kind of, like, going in at, a, like, a really not so favorite time, you know, the day. It's just blue sky pretty much all three days, honestly. It was just very, very bright and sunny, which kind of made, you know, shooting tricky a little bit more. Um, but, I like, the first shoots I took were after this top-down. Um, and just the, like, you ever seen that, like, iridescent rainbow kind of color refracting on water? Mm -hmm. um, I just did like I just basically did like a textural shot, which is you know, all this different iridescent color, and there's this um, I think it was like tree trunk shadow, just like jaggedly going like diagonally right across the frame. Um, and then I had a polarizer on, so I just kind of experimented with incorporating like the leaves reflections from overhead, um, just like cool stuff like that. So I didn't only take those big shots, but there were a few like breaks or pauses in between those where I was like doing some stuff that's more uh, maybe more like more of my you know, work, I guess, overall. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad to see you're kind of branching out into everything there. Um, I was going to ask, you mentioned some type of rock. I can't remember what you said exactly. It's a... Uh, slump block? Yeah, slump block. What What is that? I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, because it does sound like kind of goofy. And, um, you know, full disclaimer, I'm not like, I just read signs and brochures and books sometimes so i'm not a total citizen scientist naturalist kind of guy but um from what i gathered i mean i've, I've heard about these for a long time because uh, like nearby clifton gorge or other other gorge you know kind of habitats which are pretty fairly prevalent in ohio um they have these giant um i'll include in the slideshow as well some images some examples but like they're like these giant massive uh, just rocks i'm talking like massive like house like big house size ones and so when you got all this, um, at least in the Hawking region, it's called black hand sandstone, uh, which is just the type of like mineral deposit that um, was left behind from the glacial period of Ohio. Um, there's all these different, you know, it's all this big rocky habitat. But like over time, that water um, from the ice age and everything eroded, you know, right through all this rock. And that's why it carved those unique looking waterfalls, um, just different unique natural features in the landscape and, you know, geograph or you know, geology and all that stuff. Um, so these slump blocks are basically just like the cutoff of those giant from off those gorges, and so they they come in the form of these giant blocks and just pretty much rip apart from the water. Um, and this is stuff that happened like I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of years ago, right? Um, during the Ice Age time and you know all that stuff, uh, pre-settlement Ohio, of course. Um, but so these slump blocks are um, just laying out throughout the landscapes and like like Congress Hollow, like I mentioned in particular. There's a trail, it's like the most popular path because it's mostly flat and uh, concrete, so it's like wheelchair accessible and all that. But it goes right through the hollow, uh, the gorge that is. And there's so many examples of these giant, uh, both big and you know, even bigger uh, slump blocks that are just laying out. And it's, it's pretty cool because if you look up or around the like surrounding area of these blocks, you can see where it got carved out and just fell off from like the rock wall or the gorge. Um, and it's, it's just really neat to see these things, these big hulking masses. Um, and I think that's the reason why I did lots of the wide-angle wide landscapes is because I wanted to incorporate those as the subject, really, in the, you know, the entire landscape, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little bit about those. But they're really cool to find and, uh, you know, see. And there's a couple of them. Um, it's, not, it's not in Hawking Hills, but 
there's one called Steamboat Rock um, that looks kind of like a steamboat, you know. So it's had that name mm. forever, uh, basically. So they, they create these unique shapes with them, which is really cool too. That's that's awesome. Uh, what would you say is the biggest one you saw there? Like, what's like the scale Ooh. on this? Um, I that's a good question. I mean, like, I, there's a few of them. I just kind of like gawked at honestly. I was like, I should have brought the tape measure, you know, and just tried to wrap around because. You need so many tape measures just to even wrap around at once, you know. Um, I, I don't know. There's one There's one good image, actually, from Conklin's Hollow I got um, where I offset it with the rule of thirds, and there's, like, a mossy, you know, all this green ring, gorgeous stuff, and there's all this moss in the slum block, and there's, like, this tree that's uh, kind of jutting in. The, the slum block's on the left side, uh, position off to there. And then there's, a like, a very thin but noticeable and apparent uh, mossy tree trunk that's just, like, jutting out of the right side. And it's, like, it looks like it's connecting to the slump block, so it kind of, like, leads your eye in a little bit, um, which is a pretty cool technique. And then there's, like, a shallow, kind of dr almost dried-out creek um, that's, like, running underneath that tree trunk. Um, so, and then I think off, as I'm looking at it right now, is actually, um, there's, like, some stone steps that was later on the trail, like, where I eventually went after taking the shot. Uh, but from my viewpoint, I mean, those steps are very, very small in comparison. <laughs> like, it's it's just the, the scale, which I, I hope the photos kind of, like, convey. But, like, honestly, you have to be there in person to kind of witness it. Because, um, mm -hmm. like, the scale, like, compared to your average human is just, you know, it's, it's incredible. So, I mean, yeah, it was really neat to see those. Um, and, I mean, if you like rocky habitat, this, you know, speaking, like, this is, like, the best place, I say. Yeah, it's just got so much cool stuff going for it. Um, and these massive, um, at least in Compass Hollow, uh, this blackhand sandstone, you can just see the layers on both sides of the wall. And it's like, it's towering above you, like almost like a skyscraper height. Like it is insane. And then you can even go on the rim trail at the very top and go off to the, like the edge. And I, I don't know, I couldn't fathom like, it was mid daylight, so I didn't take much shots up there. But like, I can just imagine like peak fall color, sunrise or sunset, like that, that like view up there. There's many views, of course, but, like, that view up there was, like, as mountainous as Ohio looks. Like, you're above the trees, like, very high up. And it, it was insane. And windy, of course, too. But, but uh, yeah. If you if you ever get, like, fear of heights or vertigo, like, this is definitely not a place to go. At least on the upper part. Maybe even the lower part, too, depending on how you feel. But it's just, everything just feels, you feel, it's, like, so small. You know, you just feel so small in this area, which is uh, kind of humbling, to say the least. Mm -hmm. and i think a, a wide angle can definitely help convey that too that's probably good you were mostly using that yeah yeah i, I just found it works i don't know it worked for like almost all occasions and um even like the quieter because like that place is so popular like almost all year basically and i was going at a very popular time you know that late summer where it's still pretty warm out it was very hot the days i was there um so there's tons of people passing back and forth even the one-way trails i was passing people kind of like hiking to my whatever destination if I had a shot in mind and I want to get it in the good light. Um, so there's like a lot of people there, but like even the quieter moments, I'm just like, you know, the shots I was getting were just like still those big kind of wider angles. I'm just going to keep referencing. Um, but it's, I, I just find it works. Even um, I went to the uh, nearby John Glenn Astronomy Park, which um, that, that in of itself was amazing and worth the trip out. Um, just because I've never, it's literally the darkest sky in Ohio. Like I think, no one would like argue against that. And the nights, the three uh, nights I was there, I went to two of the three nights, um, you know, after dark, I basically, after hiking at the normal place of the other places, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go up the road a few minutes and go up to this astronomy park because um, it's open 24 hours. And uh, yeah, I just went there and just experimented with star trails, um, you know, astrophotography. Uh, I didn't do any really like long star trails because I'm a little impatient. Uh, and plus, <laughs> it was just for fun. Like, I'm not like saying I'm some. Mm -hmm super professional at it, but it was just like messing around with the intervalometer again, kind of used to that gear that I've had for a while now, but you really have not gotten a good use out of. And uh, just trying to set some streaks for like eight plus minutes, um, you know, incorporating the tree line and doing like a vertical uh, comp, which I feel like worked out real well. Um, and uh, I, a couple of shots actually I took were pretty tech sharp for, you know, given just kind of guesswork and, you know, mm -hmm. adjusting that manual focus and everything. Um, I'm looking at one right now. It has some ghosting, but I can't tell if that's like the light from below on the tree line. I, I'm not sure if that's my post-processing or if that's like actual light pollution. Could be both, mm -hmm. honestly. I don't know. Um, but I did one. Could, uh, my, uh, there's another thing that happens with astrophotography too. Uh, 
unless you buy like a, a six thousand dollar lens like there's this thing called coma it's like chromatic aberration but for stars it could also be that could you repeat that your audio cut out i'm sorry oh uh, here let me uh note so i can cut that real quick Uh, so basically, um, another thing that could be that ghosting, it could also be coma, which is like, it's basically chromatic aberration, but for stars. Um, and it, it's in pretty much all lenses, unless you have like a $6,000 astrophotography lens. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not so much in the s stars, it's just like in the tree line below. Mm. You know what I mean? Like surrounding. Oh, okay. like it looks like It looks like ghosting to me. It's not really like bands of color, it's just like the light. Yeah, so it could be me just upping the brightness, like the exposure too much, maybe. But like I said, I'm kind of like new to all of this, but you know, it was really, really fun to try that out um, to get like the brighter stars or the brighter planets. Like um, I did one of my astrology sign Capricorn um, using like a star trail map on my phone. And so I did one of uh, Jupiter, I believe it's uh, Jupiter and Saturn, which are on both ends of Capricornus. So just, yeah, I mean, it was a fun time out there. And there's like a tour, like a guided tour. A person who's just like had him on this big professional leading pointers and just like pointing out different constellations and what they mean um so that was, that was really fun in of itself um trying that trying to out that uh genre of photography at least but i mean yeah i mean it was just overall a really good trip um i really can't complain at all like it couldn't have gone better i mean there's a few shots that didn't really turn out the way i wanted them to and i couldn't really save them or nor did i want to in post-production but um, I mean, overall, like the body of work I got from that, you know, that region overall was really cool. Um, and I went to a couple of nearby places like Rock Bridge uh, State Nature Preserve. That was, I think, my third day, my third morning there. And uh, that has the longest natural bridge in Ohio. Uh, you can, you know, cross along. So that was really cool uh, seeing that from above and below and hiking around there. And like no one was really out that morning, uh, like until I pretty much got back to the trailhead in the parking lot. Like there's a couple of cars, but. So I had that whole place to myself, and it was, it was pretty awesome overall. Um, just checking out that unique feature that maybe people don't quite you know, think of because they're going to like the main waterfalls at Hawking and everything. Um, so yeah, there's there's a few moments where I was trying to like stray away from the crowds and just the you know the most popular parts and really check out stuff that's a little more, uh, shall we say, lesser known. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it seems like you really got a good diversity in that area. Good. Yeah, I was definitely trying to capture like a good overview of the region and my mm -hmm. first reactions. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I have enough co I have enough content that um, I produced three videos. Uh, I did I did one video each day uh, for the on location. So, wow. Hopefully, those will be out soon. Um, now that I finished editing the photos, and um, those are going to be really exciting to make. Um, expect the Hawking Hills one. I did like the state park portion the first day I was there. That's probably going to be a really long video. I wouldn't be surprised if that's over half an hour long given what I did that day. Um, second one was Conkles Hollow, and then third was Rockbridge. Um, so that's three separate videos um, that I'm really eager to share with everyone. Um, and then probably a couple blog posts um, down the line, we'll see, just kind of like autobiographical journal entries and photos uh, that I took with my phone, that is, and just something that's a little more different format compared to like the, the videos and everything else. So. Lots and lots of content. So, and it was I was really exhausted by the end of the trip, um, but very very satisfied. It was really, you know, creatively speaking, fulfilling and just fun to be out there on my own. Cool. I'm. I mean, uh, it's. Uh, I always enjoy your videos. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I was gonna ask, uh, how did the weather treat you on that trip? Um, like I said, it was very very fair skies, mm -hmm. like just blue skies, very very full sun, um, little to no clouds, all. Pretty much all three days. Um, the third day is really, I guess, maybe it was rewarding the patience in me because I did have to work around that lighting most of the time. Um, the third day, it kind of cleared out and became more overcast. Um, not cleared out, but it came. It became more overcast um, as it approached like late morning, and it kind of stayed that way for most of the day. That third day, which is really nice. Um, but those those two those two uh, first days, or the first two days, that is, um, those are very very full sun days, um, which mm -hmm. you know it. It kind of there's a I pretty much hit all my targets like my intended stuff that I had trail maps like printed out for and ready for and like I hit all my targets but like things took a little bit longer due to um, because of COVID uh, the one way trails so I had to like go oh. through sometimes 
multiple times. Like I, I had points where I could pull off and stop, like from the line or people that I was with, you know, in line, I guess you'll say with, because you know, some of the trails pretty narrow. Um, but there's, there's just a few times I'm like, oh, I have to go this, this is a one-way trail. I have to go to get like this waterfall, but then I have to go all the way around again, which might be like over a mile or so past the crowds again or whatever just to get to this other breakaway trail to get this specific like waterfall or whatever it may be, or see this thing. So like, it definitely like increased the time I had to, I don't want to say unnecessarily move around, but like it definitely increased the time it took me to get different shots. And then, you know, early on I realized like I had to wait for the best light cause I just wasn't going to be really bothered to take very many shots. And so uh, there's a lot of like specific trips or locations there that like I had to make more than once because I was just waiting for like the evening light, um, which you know no surprise, but like no one's really out you know when it gets near dark. I was like amazed at how much the place just clears out, like even before it gets like well before sunset, like you know half an hour, 45 minutes before, the entire place just clears out, which I was like this is awesome. I have the all to myself basically, save for a few people. I can like kind of just slow down and just think about it, not be so worried about people like looking, give me weird looks, you know, I have this tripod and maybe a camera bag with me or whatever, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, and vlogging too. That that doesn't help as well. Yeah, that's very, very uh-huh. true. Um, I, I minimized it. Um, I actually filmed some for that first the state park video on location. I filmed some inside the visitor center because that, that blew me away on its own. Um, I didn't like speak in there, but I was just like, like doing some uh, kind of like, panoramic video i guess just moving it you know up and around at the walls and all the different infographics and that place was that building was really really amazing just really cool to see all that stuff and you know it's got like a full-blown gift shop and all this other cool stuff but um yeah i mean it was a little unnerving because like most of the time or in certain areas i was just like man i can't really record comfortably (laughs) you know (laughs) and you can kind of tell like some parts i might get a little rushed in my speech you know naturally or whatever but um you know, I, I kind of found out quickly early on where most people stay at, you know, along the trails and stuff and where they go to. So, like, I just kind of intelligently figured out, you know, like, oh, right here. No one's here. Quickly film a speaking bit or something, you know, and, you know, move forward. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's just that the whole trip overall just kind of, like, really got me excited. You know, the trip itself was amazing, but, like, it just got me excited for what's to come and um, definitely going back both there and doing other kind of long form trips to other places and, you know, camping in my car or the tent or hammock and uh, just, and then, yeah, filming videos of my experiences and sharing with people. So all around it was, it was real well worth the, you know, time out there. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. If I don't stop rambling incessantly. So. <laughs> awesome. It seems like a great trip. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, your turn. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went to, uh, so basically I was doing two college tours. I, I won't talk much about that, but the first part of the college tour was uh, in Asheville, the first college I was seeing. Uh, so on the way there, uh, we stopped at this place in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Uh, I'm sure most of the listeners have heard of it. It's uh, it's kind of between Tennessee and North Carolina. Uh, I know David Johnston, uh, if he's listening, shout out to him. He, he shoots in there a lot. Uh, beautiful park, and it was... I think it was about probably a week before peak fall color, but the fall color is still, you know, spectacular. So we stopped there first on the way to Asheville. Um, and there's this specific Valley. Um, I'm not going to name it, uh, because there was already, already a ton of people there. Um, and just because of the sensitive, sensitive animals there. Uh, but there's this Valley in the park. I'm sure you can find it very easily. Uh, but this Valley basically, uh, it has a herd of, uh, I think it's two herds of elk, um, and it was it was kind of a toss up. These elk only so it is October, so it's the running season for them, which is their their mating season. Uh, but it was a, kind of a toss up because we were going midday just because of timing, um, and it's they usually only come out at dawn and dusk because they they sleep during the day. Um, but somehow uh, when I got there, uh, about thirty minutes later, I was photographing some turkeys, um, and all of a sudden just one little elk comes out and I, I was really excited. Um, uh, so I, I shot this, it was a, a female. I shot this, uh, female for a while and then, uh, more start coming out, more females. 
and then two bulls end up coming out and it's just this cycle more and more elk keep coming out and these big bulls keep getting closer and closer i'm staying a safe distance of course um there's like six other photographers with me so it definitely wasn't like a isolated scenario like this valley is known for the elk um but this time of day was so odd to see them um and i was lucky enough to get clouds to come in so i could get neutral lighting of the elk so that that uh harsh lighting came out uh kind of disappeared uh and i was able to shoot these elk for three hours like literally three hours from like 3 30 to 6 30 uh it, it was spectacular it's i've been in like a like a rut rut coincidentally <laughs> elk rut but i've been in like a a shooting a shooting rut uh, and this this instantly broke it. It was just three hours of straight shooting these elk. I got photos of the the calves and of the the bulls and everything. I got the bulls bugling. I got video footage of that. I got all kinds of stuff. Um, it, I mean, it was crazy. They were they were uh, very close, um, safe distance of course, but like they were they were close enough to get nice frame filling shots with my uh, 500 millimeter lens, um, and it was it was just spectacular. I just three straight hours of it. Uh, and I loved it. It was so good. I've, I've always, I've heard a lot about elk. I've never been able to shoot them. And this was my first time. And they definitely um, superseded my expectations. Like hearing an elk bugle is just crazy. Like the sound, you, you never think it would come from an elk, but it, it did. And it was just amazing. So. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never, I've never experienced quite something like that before with elk or whatever, but like, just how, how did it feel? I mean, like, cause that, they look, I don't know, in pictures and video I've seen, like they look massive. Like I think the closest comparison to us in Ohio is like white tailed deer, which are very ever prevalent. Uh -huh. But like, I, I imagine like, you know, there's sizes at least triple, maybe double, triple, you know, like a white deer. I would deer. say, I would say they're probably twice as like, or maybe like, yeah, twice as tall as white tailed deer, but they're like, their body mass they're just so much like thicker <laughs> white-tailed deer like they're they're huge animals especially these bulls i mean these bulls antlers alone are like five feet tall and then you have these they're just these i'm not kidding like it's crazy like if you see on my instagram i, I just posted one their their antlers are just crazy and then their bodies are huge um they've got like this two-toned look to them uh it's just so cool and they they bugle to kind of keep the calves in check so basically with these elk, uh, they have multiple mates. So like the bulls will like fight the other bulls. I didn't get to see the fight, unfortunately, but um, there were two bulls and they were kind of like bugling at each other and trying to claim the females. Uh, so I, I got to see all of that. Uh, it, I mean, it was just amazing. It's probably one of the best experiences I've had doing wildlife. I mean, it was it was amazing. Wow. I, I'm looking at the photo now and that, that is... That's incredible, man. Thank you. So, thank you. That's yeah. so cool. It's just it's neat hearing like your your story, and then just you like you're visualizing, you're explaining this like this whole uh -huh. like scenario, and then like I go like the big reveal, and I look at the photo, and I'm just like that's crazy, man. And it's 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 cool because um, for anyone that isn't looking at the photo, like uh, Henry took this kind of uh, the side profile view, and it cut off I think about halfway on the elk, um, mm -hmm. so it's it's featuring. And it has its mouth fully open, and but like I, I think the coolest part that sets it apart for me, because um, you're describing the antlers being like five feet tall or, or long, like it's just you see that you you can see that size, that spatial like difference, you know, because like it's because it's a profile view, so like you're seeing the length of it compared to in proportion to its head or its body, and mm -hmm. like that is just intense, man. And it's like it's so cool looking, like yeah, really I mean the size of it, like. And like that cropped in view, like most people say, like cutting off the animal like is a no no, but like I feel like it works because you put more attention on the, the face and the antlers that way. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh it was I mean it was honestly scary for a bit, like seeing these big animals and just trying to kind of safely convey what they are, because they're just they're they're not deer. They're nowhere close to deer. Um the closest I can describe them to is like a they're almost like a, a combination of like a brown bear and like a, a cow or something. It's it's very interesting. Like they're um, they're definitely you know, they're, not like big. I mean, like like big in like like a like a like a cow, I guess sense. But they definitely uh -huh. have that mass to them, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and they they don't behave like deer. Like they're definitely not scared of humans. Like 
there were some dumb photographers there that like were getting right up on the elk and these elk were letting them get close. And these were the females. If it was the male, he probably would have attacked them. But these females, they'll let you get really close. They're, they're not scared like deer. They're very different. Um, and I just, I shot 800 photos of these guys. So, uh, I think I, I did my kind of narrowing down last night. I think I narrowed it down to about a hundred raw files that I need to edit of these elk. Um, the one I posted on Instagram was just kind of the, the first edit I've done. Um, but yeah, I got all kinds of just different shots of the, the calves together and the, the bulls and all kinds of stuff. So it, it was awesome. That is awesome, man, man. That is, I just can't imagine. So it says you, you use a 100 or 500 lens. Um, mm -hmm. like how I'm trying to guesstimate with the image, like how far away were you or how close? Okay. So for, for that guy, um, that was towards the end of the night. Um, so there's this, it's this big Valley. The Valley's probably as long as two football fields. Um, uh, and you have to stay on the road. That's the national park rule since it's during the rut. So I was on the road and I was kind of angled to the side. So he was right. There was like a hill between us, but like, he was like probably like 40 feet away. You're supposed to be 50 feet, but like, it was one of those cases where I couldn't get back in time. So like. Um, you know, it, it was like one of those cases where you couldn't get back, if that makes sense. Cause he was kind of moving. Um, he had just stopped and I took a shot and then moved. Um, but yeah, he was pretty darn close there. And I was all the way out at 500 for this shot. Uh, I did do quite a bit of shots where I was at like the more 300 or one, even some at 100, um, just to kind of show the autumn landscape around the elk. Uh, but I, I really did like getting in tight and getting those, those nice fur details and getting the texture on the antlers. Uh, I don't know if you see in that image, there's some, it's kind of hard to see, but there's some specks and that's not sensor dust. That's actually ladybugs. I don't know. It was so weird. This Valley, I've never seen so many ladybugs. Like it was just constant ladybugs flying around these elk and flying around me. Uh, there must've been thousands. It, it was weird, but uh, it, it was just really cool. So. I mean, now, I, I guess now I'm looking at it. Um, I see it kind of like hovering around the antlers. Is that mm -hmm. what you mean? I see those little yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so those are all ladybugs. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, okay. Okay, uh -huh. cool. Man, that's awesome. Did you mainly shoot them like midday or did you try to go like hunt them down, so to speak, at like sunrise or something or sunset? Uh, so it was far away from Asheville, so it was kind of a stop on the road. So we shot it from 3.30 to 6 to about 6.30 or 7.00. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get that neutral lighting from clouds covering the sun. Uh, it was pretty dark, so pretty high ISO, but I was able to get like a nice neutral exposure on these elk. Um, so the lighting really didn't change. So I could just kind of focus on composition. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's like the perfect kind of even flat light, which I feel like works in this case, you know, because mm -hmm. um, I could easily, I don't know, easily, but like that, the brighter kind of the middle section of their torso, like it's kind of like the brightest spot I see in the image. Yeah. Like I bet like bright, you know, sunlight would actually probably overexpose it because um, the head's a lot darker too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can see like these animals with the, just the variation in the hair color, like being mm -hmm. kind of tricky to meet it for maybe. Yeah, I was even having trouble with that in the neutral light. Like I had to bring down, like uh, dodge, uh, dodge that bright part down quite a bit. Like even in the neutral light, there's there's such a difference there. So. Hmm. That's awesome, man! Shoot, yeah, it was <laughs> it was quite the thing. Like, yeah, it was wow. I'm so glad I had this new lens with me because my other lens in this like it was so dark. Like this was like a dark cloudy sky. So like, not like a bright cloudy sky. This is this was like basically storm clouds without storming. Um, it was that dark, so I had to use like one one hundredth. I had to be very careful to make sure the elk were standing still in order to get sharp shots, so I could keep my ISO down. And with my old six hundred f eleven, I just would have had way too noisy Im images. So I'm glad I had that one to five hundred for this. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. just everything came together nicely. So yeah, you really pure the moment there. That's awesome. Did you use any? You shot handheld, right? You didn't use like a monopod or some tripod or stabilization uh i was kind of 50 50 because I, I was trying to get some uh video clips so when i did that i was on a tripod um and i did some photos as well 
I don't find like my image stabilization is good enough. I don't find that a tripod really helps much with getting like I can handhold one one hundred and get a sharp shot. It's just a matter of if the animal moves or not. Uh, so I just kind of use a tripod when my hands get tired, really. Uh, when it comes to wildlife, so. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about the high ISO. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. the Canon RP is really probably it probably handles it pretty well. I imagine because it's uh, not not really. Oh. No. Oh, no. really? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> uh, well, well, I'm 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 upgrading fairly soon, so it's all right. Oh really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, honestly, dude, it's the image is honestly pretty awesome. Like it's cool I to hear you really you. like tell the story and break down a little bit more about you know taking a shot and the process. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of your the series there. Thank you. Like, however many more you got. Oh, I've got yeah, hundreds <laughs> or a hundred. Basically. Yeah, that's right. Eight, yeah. At uh-huh. least eight hundred. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm sorry if I rambled a bit. I was just like. You know, it was such an experience for me. It's like one of those paramount photography experiences. So, yeah, I mean that's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, excited to share it and like just yeah, you you can tell like the moment was really exhilarating. Just the way you mm-hmm. kind of like carried the story with you. Like it wasn't just oh, yeah. like oh, it's another elk, really yawn. Like mm-hmm. you were like, this is that's the first time you've seen them, right? Ever. Yep, and I had yep. I'd been listening to like this one podcast I really like and they always shoot elk and I'd been learning about elk. I was like, I need to see an elk. And they finally showed up, you know? So I, I was just freaking out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And it's cool that you, uh, you really kind of like varied your, uh, your zoom, your factor there. Like you said, you incorporate some of the landscape around it, which I always think is awesome to do uh, with wildlife. And then you even typed, you know, did, did like the, the tightly cropped portraits, like the, the one I'm looking at now. So it's mm-hmm. cool. They got the variation there. I mean, I feel like that diversity really helps out, like with a portfolio or even like like an Instagram feed, I guess. Yeah, like once I do a website, I can definitely I could even do like an elk only page and have the tights and the wides and you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah, definitely, man, uh-huh. definitely. I, I say that's worthwhile to do, especially with eight hundred at least shots of that. Yeah, that was so cool. So uh, after that, I took some more landscapes in the Smokies before I left. Um, the sun kind of came in and I was able to get some nice light on the mountains there. Um, those mountains, they're, they're, uh, they're very like woodsy. Um, so they can, they can be really cool. Uh, and I got the, the early fall color on that there. Um, so that was awesome. It was nice. I hadn't shot landscapes in a while. It's nice to get back into that. Uh, one of my favorites was taken on my one, 100 to 500 again. Uh, way out at 500. So I got these two rows of trees. So like the layers of the mountains. Um, and this one layer had light on it, the other didn't, so it like provided this nice contrast. Um, it was it was probably my favorite landscape shot from the trip. Uh, it was just kind of really unique to me, nice and abstract. So really enjoyed doing that. And uh, yeah, so uh, the next day I uh, I got to Asheville. Uh, so that's where the college was. And I found a bird sanctuary. It was actually four minutes away from my hotel. Um, on this oh, wow. beautiful, yeah, it was on this beautiful lake. Uh, it's called Beaver Lake. Uh, and man, the birds there were great. Uh, as soon as I got there, I saw a, uh, I did this in the early morning. As soon as I got there, I saw the, I saw a pied billed grebe. Uh, never seen that before. Uh, that was great to shoot. Got some uh, nice, and it was fog, of course. I love fog. Uh, we all know this at this point. <laughs> it was in fog. I was able to get. <laughs> he was, he was swimming in the water, so I was able to get some cool shots of him. Uh, and then I ran into this really interesting bird. Uh, I've shot this before, but never like this. Uh, it was a eastern Phoebe. Uh, I don't know what it was with this bird, but it it would not leave me alone. <laughs> uh, it was like kind of obsessed with me like it it would it even landed on my backpack at one point like on my camera bag um i didn't i wasn't wearing it but it was like on the ground right in front of me uh and it just got so close so i was able to get some like frame filling portraits at like 200 millimeters of this bird wow Uh, it was it was crazy um I, i i like i've never had a bird get this close to me like i wasn't even trying I kind of wanted it to leave. Like it was too close, honestly. Like I was, I was a little worried it would run into me. 
but it, it that was cool. Uh, and I actually ended up going back two days later, right before I left, and it was there again and kept getting close. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, just kind of a unique thing. Uh, and it definitely, it definitely makes me want to go to college there if there's birds like that that'll just come right up to you. Uh, yeah. And then the, that night, um, I don't know if you know the Blue Ridge Parkway, but it's that famous road that kind of goes through the uh, Appalachian Mountains in Asheville. Uh, I was able to get some sunset layer shots, you know, with the, the dark layers of the mountains and then the colors above. Uh, I really enjoyed taking those. Uh, some, ni some nice telephoto landscape shots there. Uh, and then I traveled to Tennessee to see another college. Um, and fun fact, the college I saw, it's called Swanee, which is in, it's in Tennessee. Uh, it's about an hour from Nashville. It actually has the largest campus in the United States and it's on a mountain. So there's literally like, uh, I think it's something crazy, like, like a thousand acres of trails or something. Uh, so I, I really just did a lot of hiking there, uh, shot some waterfalls, uh, shot some bluebirds, um, and some white-tailed deer. And yeah, that, that was pretty much the trip there. It was just kind of a, a big hodgepodge of landscapes and wildlife and birding and it, it was great, really. And I, I saw two great colleges that I liked, uh, was able to add those to my list, uh, and great photo locations. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good trip. Awesome. Even, even better than like Yosemite and all that stuff. <laughs> when you went on I, those. I wouldn't say that just cause this trip was a little bit shorter, a lot shorter actually. Uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely up there. It's probably up. I'd probably even put it above my South Carolina trip. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's like it's like dual purpose, which is fun. You know, kind of amusing because uh -huh. you're there for like the college tours, but then you're like, uh -huh. cool, my vacation time almost. Like I get to go yep. do fun stuff. You uh -huh. know, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, uh, I try I try to fit it in whenever I can. So. Yeah, I know. I can imagine that that that's really cool though. You know that you uh -huh. really like took the time and kind of slipped in all these different cool experiences overall. Like that's just really neat to travel across state lines and just, you know, see things you wanted to see before and all that stuff. Um, and even, even birds, like, I mean, we get pie bill greaves and Phoebe's, you know, quite often, you know, depending on the time of year, but like, it's neat that you saw them down there too during migration or whatever. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. So are that, did you say those are migratory birds or? I, I mean, yeah, most, most birds are migratory, I'd say. Um, but like, I, I know both those species we get around here, like in the Midwest, um, the more like Midwest part of uh, this, the, the country that is. Um, but, you know, it, it's cool that you're seeing them like in a different spot at least, you know, and that Phoebe story is like hilarious. Like, I wonder maybe something about the area, like maybe there's a nest nearby. I don't know. It's not even nesting season. So what am I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's weird. It, it's amusing, <laughs> but I'm just like, I wonder why. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was so weird. I, I don't know. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, I'll definitely. The, I'll, I'll when I go back. I'm sure I'll go back because I do have family there as well. Even if I don't go to college there, uh, I'll definitely have to see if there's uh, that Phoebe still there. Pay the visit. Could be the same one, maybe. Who even knows? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just that's amazing, man. Yeah, I just don't know. But because yeah, I I was I was reading and they don't seem like they're like particularly friendly birds. Like they're just nor like any other bird. Like I don't. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I think they're maybe in the songbird world, a little more feisty, but like, like I've had one that, you know, I've had a, maybe a time or two where I got some really close looks at them. So maybe they are a little more like fearless, we'll say, than like any, some other birds. So maybe that's it. Um, but mm. yeah, I've never had one like land on my camera bag or, you know, something like that. So that's something different. It's unique, you know, which is cool. Yeah. And so it's cool I, that you, you really balance the landscapes and the wildlife, like you said, and all that stuff. Like, I, I focus exclusively on, like, landscapes pretty much. But, like, it's cool mm -hmm. that you got this kind of, like, overview of your trip and, uh, you know, various subject matter, which is really cool. Yeah, it, it was great. I definitely filled that landscape hole. I, I had been missing it, really. Like, I, I just hadn't been able to shoot it in a long time. So it, it was great to work on that again. Um, and even, like photography in general like i was just i was kind of down in the dumps like i just wasn't i wasn't getting the photos i wanted and i wasn't like having the success i wanted like obviously i still enjoy being out there but 
I, I just hadn't gotten a, by my standards, like good photo in such a long time. It was just nice to have a weekend and full of good photos. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really neat. Did you, you probably didn't do any camping, I'd imagine, or did you do any like that kind of stuff? Uh, no, no. My, uh, I went with my family and they're, they hate camping. So unfortunately I was, I was stuck in the hotel, but, uh, most of my waking hours were spent outdoors when I wasn't at colleges, so. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the black sheep of the family. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hotels are fine, of course, too, so nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else to add, or? Uh, I mean, uh, for my trip or yours, I mean, for mine, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm pretty good. I mean, I, I would just say check out uh, here in the upcoming weeks because it probably will be weeks. Um, I'm going to have some, you know, uh, Instagram posts, um, some blog posts, uh, eventually and some videos on my YouTube channel. So, uh, lots of new stuff. So I'm really excited to share it with everyone, you know, my experiences, but, um, I'm looking forward to yours as well. Like that elk photo got me excited and you know, that Phoebe photo, I definitely want to see that because that sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I'll definitely be posting them soon. I'm looking forward to seeing yours as well. Yeah, so uh, oh, thanks, make, sure, make sure you check out both of our uh, Instagram feeds to, <laughs> to see those photos. Yeah, definitely. And um, if you want to support the podcast, you know, check us out on Patreon. We do have one. Um, and we, you know, greatly appreciate your support. Um, we have different tiers and benefits. Um, just, you know, neat little stuff like we do like handwritten, you know, thank you cards or a full-on Discord community uh, where you can interact with us and have some like portfolio critiques or just some really kind of clear communication one-on-one -on -one, uh, with other listeners and uh, both of us, of course. Um, so we really appreciate you check that out, uh, which we'll have in the episode description. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure to check that out and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Yep. You too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.